0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. One of the things we've done in the last number of months is we've kept a very close eye on our southern neighbor, the United States. Closest friend, closest ally, and trading partner. And it's been very disconcerting over the more than the last few months. It's been disconcerting for a year, maybe longer, two years that we've really paid attention to what appears to be some real fissures in the United States with Americans turning on Americans. And if that happens, we've talked with our guests, American guests, about the possibility of the United States breaking up or a civil war. 49% of Americans in one poll not so long ago believed there'd be a civil war in the next five years. So U.S. democracy, is it in danger Does either political party care? That's what our guest asks. As the United States wobbles toward the November midterm elections, where the Republicans and Democrats at each other's throats and accusing each other of destructive policies and weak or criminal leadership, with the 2024 presidential election looming and Donald Trump being investigated by the Department of Justice and President Joe Biden being accused of by powerful Republicans of having illegally gained personally through the actions of his son, Hunter, during his time as vice president to Barack Obama. Respect for democracy within the United States appears to be evaporating, and that is going to be impactful to the Western world, and very much impacting for us in Canada. Dr. Dan McMillan joins us, former New York City prosecutor, Ph.D. at Columbia University, history professor previously, author of How Could This Happen? Explaining the Holocaust. Dr. McMillan, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to speak with you. How much fear do you have for the sustainability of U.S. democracy?
1: Well, first, Roy, thank you very much for for having me on the show. And Uh, and I'm very glad to be with you. Well, yeah, I have a lot of fear. The situation is, in fact, terrifying. I think the potential for civil violence is very high. I wouldn't go so far as as the Civil War, and I think the notion of us breaking apart geographically into different units, different states, that strikes me, at least for the near term, as preposterous. However, the bad news is bad enough. And indeed, you know, my, my view is that the Democratic form of government is not so much in danger as it has really been, in a very real sense, dead for quite a few decades. Because going back several decades, the American people, the voters, have had very little influence on policy. Uh, And the principal reason for this is something that I'm working on fixing. This is my central occupation today. The biggest reason is that there are two, two things that set us apart, I think, from every other wealthy society, and certainly from Canada, is that, first of all, by law, uh, the courts will not allow us to limit in any way the, the cost of election campaigns, and they have become obscenely expensive, far more expensive than anyone in any other society can imagine. And secondly, these very high costs are paid entirely by private donations, not by, for example, the public financing, which is fairly robust in Canada, from what I've learned, and the consequence is, is that for quite a long time now, the only Americans who have any real say in our government are high-dollar campaign donors. And I'm talking about people who can write a check for $100,000, $1 a quarter million, a million dollars, $5 million in some cases, in some cases even significantly more. And for a very long time now, these donors have been the, our politicians' true constituents. These are the people... our politicians listen to. These are the people that they serve. And the voters, we the people, have become a nuisance. We're a necessary evil because they still need our votes to get into office. But as a practical matter, because both parties have been thoroughly captured by various deep-pocketed interests and wealthy individuals, neither party has been able to offer the American people much in the way of real solutions to our problems. And what has happened, therefore, is that the political class has grown just so far away from the people. In their own mind, they set themselves above the American people. They live in a millionaire's bubble with campaign donors and the lobbyists that the donors have hired, and with some of the stars of the national media. And they regard the American people as children. And to go back to something you said at the beginning, that respect for democratic norms seems to be evaporating. And that's true, and it's not true. I think the political class has forgotten what democracy is. They've forgotten what government of the people by the people is because they've forgotten about the people, because they've been so out of touch with the people for so long. The American people, on the hand, uh, I feel that my, among my countrymen, and I feel this for all kinds of ways, and in the conversations I've had, and in my radio appearances this is now just almost my thirtieth with you that the American people are as committed to democratic values and democratic norms as ever
0: so i'm going and, to I'm just going to in, I interrupt you for a second, Dr. McMillan, because sure. what you're saying, I might hear from somebody in Canada. I might open the phone lines and ask about government in this country, and how well government responds to, federally now, provincially things are a little bit different, but how the federal government, successive federal governments, how they have, in fact, responded to the will and the needs of the people, and I might hear exactly what you've heard, that there's a distance between politicians and government and the people, and democracy becomes for sale, but as you say, our elections are run differently. I just want to tell you one thing. I interviewed a former prime minister of this country. I had a one-hour exclusive interview with Brian Mulroney, face-to-face. And at one point during the interview, I said to Mr. Mulroney, one of the things that I hear from listeners on a regular basis is their members of parliament at the constituency level don't really matter. We may tell them at the constituency level what we want, what we need. They go to the government. They go back to work. And they bring it to you, but if you don't accept what they say, or any prime minister, it's just pushed aside. It doesn't become a relevant issue. And Mr. Mulrooney said, I'm tired of the bitchers and complainers. And that, Dr. McMillan, became a national quote. It became a national issue. Um, Before I ask you about the midterm elections in 2024 coming up, Dr. McMillan, you said you've done 30 interviews in the United States on this issue about U.S. democracy being in danger. Are Americans, the people, we've told us are essentially ignored by the political class, are Americans hopeful or, or less than hopeful for their country and for democracy?
1: Well, you know, it's a very mixed picture because we Americans fundamentally are a nation of optimists. It's kind of in our character, even though you look at the condition of our country, it is in so many ways falling apart. Um, nonetheless, however, in a, in a recent poll, 69% of Republicans and 69% of Democrats said they thought that our democracy is in danger of collapse, you know, not in trouble, having difficulties, danger of collapse. Unfortunately, however, behind underneath that apparent unanimity is the problem that an awful lot of Republicans, maybe the majority, think that Democrats are the threat to our democracy. And we have Democrats thinking and saying the same things about Republicans. And indeed, our president, three weeks ago, basically said as much about two-thirds of Republican voters. He calls them modern Republicans and says they are a threat to our democracy. So, you know, we're in very se- serious trouble in our country. Um, I would like to mention, I've been having all these interviews because I founded and lead an organization, Save Democracy in America, which is completely nonpartisan, and thus I may have to censor myself in a few of the comments I make about the election, because I can't take sides. But we promote, our sole goal is to build support among Americans on both sides of the aisle, both parties, for the democracy dollars campaign finance reform, which I believe, after many years of study is the most promising path To getting the big money out of politics and restoring government by the people. Let me
0: ask you: We have uh, two and a half minutes here. Do do the American people are the American people really engaged in the process? Because in this country, we find fewer and fewer people are are voting municipally. It's uh, it's it's atrocious. Provincially, it's not good. Federally, it's somewhere around sixty percent generally. That's not a good that's not a good participation uh, number. What's what's the situation in the U.S.
1: It, that's you know, and it's true with us true, and I think more and more Americans have tuned out politics. but I think for a fundamentally different reason than it has been true in Canada or in Germany and many other democracies in our country, Americans tune out politics and don't vote because they know their vote doesn't matter for hardly anything, and they feel powerless because they are powerless in a country like you you talked earlier about Canadians feeling alienated from their government and ignored by their government, and you hear that in Germany too. I refer to Germany because I've lived there a couple of years and speak the language and have friends there. But the crucial difference is is that your society and Germany function, compared to America, function far better than life in America. Life for Americans has become hard in ways that no Canadian or no German can even imagine. Just to give Mm -hmm. one example, health care. In Canada, access to health care is not an issue. In America, we pay twice as much per capita. Uh, per person for health care than do citizens of Canada or France and other countries, yet we get we have a lower life expectancy, we have terrible health outcomes. One American in ten cannot see a doctor because they have no health insurance. And not only that, because uh, because of the high cost of unregulated, unregulated the unregulated prices of prescription drugs yeah. which comes about because our, big pharma our market.
0: healthcare system is on life support. It's on life support. It's almost impossible to get um, to get proper health care. We are hundreds of thousands of surgeries uh, backlogged because of in because Canada. of COVID okay. yeah, in this country well, I'm
1: misinformed about Canada,
0: but let me ask you because we have we literally have 60 seconds. Do you have okay. faith that your country is going to survive as a democracy to lead the Western world?:
1: I do, I think we will come back because you've got to remember we are the you know more than any other country on earth we are a country that stands for something for ideals it is our ideals that make us americans and foremost among those ideals is governed by the people
0: yeah exactly
1: and i have every confidence that the american people will respond and i think i'm proposing a good path forward that we will pull ourselves together, take our country back, and once again be the example for the world that we were supposed to be. Okay,
0: tell us very quickly again what the name of your organization is.
1: Save Democracy in America. The website is Save Democracy in America.org. Save Democracy in Okay. Please visit us. Um, we will. Lots of information. I think you'll find it interesting.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts.